Welcome to another episode of Bitches Love Sports. I'm Bitch 2. I'm Bitch 1. And I think this might be the earliest that we ever recorded. I would agree with that statement. Hence yes. us sitting here basically in our pajamas. <laughs> oh, and I have my blanket, <laughs> which I I am now a proud owner of this blanket. I'm proud right. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> After that game, I, I literally tweeted, I was like, I'm wearing this blanket like a cape tomorrow. <laughs> and I did, although it was only around my house, but I did. <laughs> I didn't go nowhere. <laughs> I, was I was tired on Monday. Honestly, I fell asleep during the game. Like I fell asleep during halftime. Um, and then I woke up and it was like everything changed. And I had to go, that's why I stopped live tweeting because I had to go back and rewind so that I could actually watch what happened. Um, and I felt really bad for falling asleep, but I was proud of one thing. Before I fell asleep, the last thing that I tweeted was um, going into halftime. I said, I really hope that CD can redeem himself in the second uh -huh. half. I remember that. Because that might've been the worst drop yet. Because it really was. Yeah, Had we not come back from that, I know CD would have got dragged the whole week, maybe the whole season. I um, mean, that was that was a pretty crucial drop. I was <laughs> I was concerned when I saw it, and I'm if I'm you, not the type not, to get it's angry. It's not like it's not like it was a bad throw. It's not like you had to reach. Like it was straight to like right here. No, it hit him <laughs> in the hands. Yeah, I know. It, like it, it was there, um, but yeah. So I like a lot of people on Twitter were very angry about it. Like there was a lot of fuck CD. He's wide receiver three. Uh, kick him out and the eighty eight club. Too? Which honestly, fuck the eighty eight club. But that's a conversation for later. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were people trying to say Noah Brown was like a better receiver, but he has he had more chemistry with Cooper Rush. And I let, let me not go go too deep into it right now because we're gonna actually talk about the game, and I'm gonna talk about how I feel about Cooper Rush at this point. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see what you think about how I feel about Cooper Rush. I feel like you have an idea. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. For now, <laughs> I have my own opinion. By the way, this is another Cowboys Pro Shop purchase. Since apparently I'm just doing these unboxing reveals now. So, ladies, this is obviously a very, very cute top, right? I love it. Just know it does not stretch. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of this thing. <laughs> I was putting it on. And by the time I got it on, I was just like, it's like not yeah. important. Yeah, it does so, not stretch. So that's my review. Like, I would have to give it four stars because it's super cute, you know? It and I'm wearing really it, cute. like, with my sweatpants. It's like a cute lounging outfit, but it's like if you ever want to take it off. I'll have to report back on, on how that process goes. Um, anyway. <laughs> also, I'm going to be eating during this episode. Sorry, guys. On this note, <laughs> on that note, um, shout outs and call outs. So first shout out goes to Women's College Volleyball because the sport is breaking records in viewership and in-person attendance one month into the season. So after basketball and football, women's college volleyball is actually claiming the biggest remaining portion of compensation and NIL deals. So they are doing a lot in terms of viewership, in-person attendance, to the point where one team actually had to switch to their basketball stadium to double the people that they could have in to watch the game compared to, to, to the normal size crowd that they usually have. Yeah. So... I don't know what it is. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So I don't know what it is, but very proud of you, women's college volleyball. Yeah. Um, 
Next shout out goes to Coach Prime's Jackson State Tigers for remaining undefeated with a win against the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. They defeated them on Saturday, 49 to seven. They are, the Tigers are, are killing it. They might have to switch conferences. But we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Their next game is at Alabama State against the Hornets, who are on a two-game losing streak and have yet to win a conference game. So <laughs> Sorry for y'all already. I <laughs> Next week, I'll probably have the Tigers in my shout-outs again for yeah. remaining undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next shout-out goes to Stephen A. Smith, who is launching a non-sports-related podcast. Stephen A. Smith will be working with Odyssey's Cadence 13 partners to establish his own podcast called No Mercy. That's spelled K-N-O-W. Um, and the, the podcast will focus on issues in politics, business, entertainment, social issues, and criminal justice. Um, the first episode actually debuted on Monday. I haven't listened oh, to it yet. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's already an episode out. And all of those topics are things that he has brought up on First Take before. However, um, I think him having his own podcast will give him more room to talk about them in depth and not have to relegate it to only how it relates to sports or limit the time that he talks about them. So it could be a good move. We'll see what the public thinks and how much the public actually wants to hear from Stephen A. Smith on these particular I was going to say, like, bruh, you are everywhere. Do you, like... There's, do you feel the need? I'm not, I haven't listened to it. It might be great. Don't get me wrong. I love this kind of podcast. This is my shit. That's what I listen to all the time. But damn. <laughs> I'll, I'll say what this. else? What else do you want to be? What else do you want to <laughs> talk about? Is there anything in this world that you don't feel like talking about? Um, to answer that question, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can tell you that just from me being a Stephen A. Smith fan for a very long time. Like, no, he'll talk about any and everything. And he has a passion to talk about it. The one thing that I will say that I've noticed recently is that um, he does sometimes approach some subjects from a very outdated point of view. That's the only thing Yo! that I can, I can, he is. That's the only thing I can see coming back to like bite him in the ass, right? Yeah. But there are definitely some people who, um, who will still appreciate that. So I was uh, talking with some people recently, honestly, and I, really I, <laughs> I was talking about sexuality, for example. And now the people I was talking to, one of them was in their 30s, one of them was in their 20s, but they both looked at me and they were like, why are you talking like a Gen Zer?" And the reason they said that was because I said having one sexual encounter with someone of the same sex does not make you gay. That's what I said. And they were like, it yeah, it makes does. you gay. And through the conversation, it basically became obvious that to them, if you're not straight, you're gay. Ooh, I wish I was in my conversation. And I was just like, Ooh. okay, well... Sexuality is on a spectrum. And so it's just like, what really makes you straight? If I find a woman attractive, am I no longer straight? If I get married and have kids with a man and we have whole fam- a whole family, and then one time I have a sexual encounter with a woman, am I all of a sudden just, I'm a lesbian now. Yeah. And my husband married a lesbian. And I've always been a lesbian, <sighs> despite my three kids with this man. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I was like, I use labels to basically help people understand. So it's like, if somebody asked me like, are like, are you straight? I'd be like, yeah, I'm straight. I've never been with a woman, have no interest in me. 
But like, I've danced with girls. There are some girls that I think are hot, right? So it's just like, okay, what do you call me then? No, and no, if no. I kiss one of those girls, then what happens? No, 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 no. The difference, what you just said, just because you find a person attractive or you think they're good looking, that doesn't mean fucking jack shit. Dark, like, what, like, I, I, <laughs> um, I say that to say, not to get too much off topic, I say that to say there definitely are people in this world who still subscribe to like a more archaic perspective when it comes to certain things. Yeah, because it validates um, their own fucking stupid ass ideas and their own fucking fucked up morals and values. Yeah. That's fucked up. I went off on the wrong tangent. I'm sorry. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just, that shit fucks with me. Like, and even if it is, does that affect your life? That was kind of my thing. I was like, if a person says they're not, not gay, why do you care? Why do you care? <laughs> why do you, why care? do you fucking care? Is it going to take the sleep at night from you? Are you going to be all night being like, oh my God, I wonder why Elizabeth said that. Maybe she is actually queer. Really? Is that going to be you oh, at I night? I Man, <laughs> I do hope so too. I do honestly hope so too. I really hope they lose trying to figure out my sexuality. It's fucking stupid. If you have to figure out her sexuality, you don't know her. Period. The algorithm gets me wrong all the time, and I think it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a separate topic. (laughs) I think I know why. We should do a quiz sometime on on the pot. We should do a quiz. Oh, that would be funny. We can do a sexuality quiz, and the BDSM quiz is so fun, but it just takes so long. Yeah. But I wonder if I would get the same answer that I got, like, years ago. Anyway. (laughs) Back on topic. ADHD over here is kicking hard, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Turn the TV up. I know. Stephen A. Smith is on the, on the TV right now, I and I just see do Cowboys look like a pay- playoff team? I want to hear what this jerk is saying. And I'm just saying, there's a lot of questions, and everybody <laughs> acting like and everybody acting like Dallas is destined for the playoffs. No, the hell they ain't. Go Stephen on, A. Doggy. Steve, I'm sorry, doggy. Go ahead, man. Go no, ahead, I mean, man. I'm with wait, you. Wait until Marcus, doggy. I'm with you. He's wait. lost. First off, first off, Steve, there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL. So the idea now that you're going to kill them for beating the Giants, there's a lot of garbage teams. How come you don't kill the Eagles, who just beat the Lions, Vikings, and Washington 3-0, and you got a number one on your chart? The but their right schedule doesn't that. count. But their schedule doesn't count, but Dallas is dust. Now, you killed me before about being inconsistent. Get him, doggy. That seems to be pretty inconsistent. <laughs> the Eagles are the best team in football. They play nobody. That is no big deal. They beat, beat the Giants. Who cares? Which one is it? Number two, last year they won the division and lost the home playoff game. So maybe they're a little better off if they don't win the division, take the pressure off them, and maybe they go out there and win two or three games on the road in the playoffs. Number three, they have not a good defense. They got a great defense. Outside of Green Bay and Tampa, you name me a better defense in the NFL. They get the quarterback. They got a great player in his Parsons who, he's not LT, but let's put him in the he He's great. And they got a good ball hawk in secondary. They killed Cincinnati. They killed the Giants. Just did nothing in that game outside of one broken one. Right. And then finally, look at that schedule. They got the Lions at home. They got the Bears at home. They got Washington at home. They got nobody in that schedule. Look at this schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this schedule. He's the white version of Stephen A. Right there, right there. He really is. Week. Let's throw that in there right now, okay? So they got I that mean, bye week. After that, 
I, I got the Dallas Cowboys losing three of the next four games. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I got them losing. I'd say at least I, I like the next six games. Schedule. I mean, I got them losing to the Rams, the Eagles, the Packers, and and, and at least if one of the three in the Lions, Bears, and Vikings, they're gonna lose one of those games. I got that. I apologize in advance to anybody who's like watching our show for the first time because this will be our first show on YouTube. Um, <laughs> we normally have a little I'm bit more of a structured format, but it's early. We're both caffeinated and. Very. When we're talking not on camera, this is how our conversations go. So yes. <laughs> you get to see a little bit more the real of the version. The real us. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, we'd probably still be watching them talk about this. But we've got things to do today. Okay. Next shout out goes to Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans who escaped with a narrow 17-14 victory over unranked Oregon State. That was the thing that surprised me. That it was like a close game against an unranked, unranked team. team. Mm-hmm. But... Something else that's interesting about this game is that in their previous three games this season, the Trojans, they scored on their opening drive, and then they held the lead for the whole game. So when they started trailing Oregon State after Oregon State um, scored a touchdown in the second quarter, that was the first time all season, even being behind. And so I didn't get to watch the game because it's so hard to watch out-of-market games when it comes to football. Um, But when I saw the box score and I saw the play-by-play and I started reading recaps of the game, I did start wondering, like, I wonder if them being behind for the first time affected, you know, Caleb and the team yeah. at all. Um, because we've seen teams that can be affected by that mentally, you know, and especially if it's something that has happened to them for the first time. And not everybody on this team is new, right? Oh, yeah. But the makeup of, of the team is new. Like, it's Lincoln Riley's first year at USC. Yeah, right, it's right, Caleb right, right. Williams' first year at USC. A lot of players transferred. So <clears throat> yeah. there might be some parts of their culture that they're still working to solidify. I don't know what happened from what I read. Oregon State also did some great things on defense. Um, but that's not to say both things can't be true. So um, we'll see. So the Trojans' next game is this Saturday against the Arizona State Sun Devils, who are currently – one and three on the season. So but, but probably, might have a probably about day. to be a one and four. <laughs> probably. All right. Now this next story, I didn't think we would spend a lot of time on it, but like the research that you've done on it makes me think that we're gonna go a little bit deeper into it than what I originally thought, which is good because I want to talk about it. I just could not find any information on the details of it. But what has basically happened is that 15 players have resigned from Spain's national football team, La Roja. And for all our American viewers out there, when I say football team, I mean soccer. Yeah, the, re- <laughs> the real football. <laughs> yes, soccer is American for football. Um, <laughs> so they said in a nutshell that recent events have impacted their emotional state and they do not want to be considered for the national team until the team commits to changing. <clears throat> and so I found some information that went a little bit more in depth. It went a little bit more in depth and shared some complete statements from the players. But before I go into reading this uh, translated and imported version of the story, like you found some information that actually led me personally, even after reading this, having a better understanding of the situation. So I'm going to let you talk while I eat this cookie. <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I just, I saw, well, I've been reading some articles this morning about it too, but I when when the news break out, uh, there were a lot of uh, people talking about, like, this is the coach's fault. Um, ah, I don't know how to put this into, like, a, you know, nice way. But anyways, yeah, pretty much that it was uh, the uh, the coach was being uh, controlling, and I put quotations. I, well, if you're listening, I just did the air quotes uh, because that's what they actually put on a headline. <laughs> Just fucking drives me insane. The fucking trigger. Anyways, um, people were not happy. The players were not happy and were. This is what I, today, actually, a few hours ago, another player released a statement, and she was saying that uh, everybody wanted to keep this kind of quiet. And they didn't want, like, all this to go the way that it went. Like, all social media and, like, all air out, all the fucking shit. They wanted to fix this within the Federation so it wouldn't have to go all the way out. And, like, they could still play. But, obviously, you know, the, the day and era that we live in, that's pretty much impossible. Um, and she was just saying, like, she had to she had to leave, too. She's been playing with La Roja for, like, she, I think she's had 10 seasons. And it's there. Everybody's fed up. Everybody's pretty fed up with the coach and how he has been uh, treating the players. And and people were pretty, um, I guess, happy for lack of a better word for their actions that they had left the team. And yes, I know, like, I kind of have mixed feelings about that because, yes, kudos to y'all for making a fucking statement. And But what makes me sad is it had to get to the point before y'all could fix anything. Like, like the fact that y'all had to do this shit just to be heard, it's unreal to me. It's fucking unreal. Like, I don't know. Like, you play at the highest level fucking possible in your sport and you still need to like quit for some other higher ups to listen to notice yes it's fucking stupid makes me makes me really 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 fucking sad yeah same and the thing that stood out to me even when i first heard the story was that it was 15 players Mm -hmm. it wasn't like one player making an an accusation of, you know, poor coaching practices mm-hmm. or, you know, one one player and one person backing them up for 15 players to leave a team. And this is just like me putting my coach, coach hat on yeah. and thinking about what would I do if 15 players said, hey, we have a problem. I'd quit so fast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd leave so fast. I, I don't I don't know if I like if I didn't if it was something that I didn't intend to happen, you know, I wouldn't quit. But I would definitely be like, oh, Shit, there's a real problem. I wouldn't be like, oh, y'all don't want to play for this team? Well, fine. Like, I'm just going to suspend you for two to five years, which according to one report yeah. is what I was seeing that um, the, let's, let's see if I can find it. That. It says the, the Real Federation Española de Football communicates that through, throughout today, it has received 15 emails from 15 players of the women's senior football team, coincidentally, all with the same wording. 
coincidentally. Of course, like they prepared the statement together. Like, uh, I just, they're, I just hate so, the way they're, that they're, they're belittling. The, ah, like this is this is so upsetting. And when they state that the current situation gen- generated affects significantly their emotional state and their health, and that as long as it is not reversed, they resign from the Spanish national team. The RFEF is not going to allow the players to question the continuity of the national coach and his coaching staff, since making those decisions does not fall within their powers. The Federation will not admit any type of pressure from any player when adopting sports measures. These types of maneuvers are far from exemplary and outside the values of football and sport are harmful. In accordance with current Spain legislation, not attending a national team call is classified as a very serious infraction and can carry sanctions of between two and five years of disqualification. The RFEF, contrary to the way these players act, wants to make it clear that it will not take them to this extreme pressure extreme or pressure them directly it will not summon the soccer players who do not want to wear the spain shirt the federation will only have committed football players even if they have to play with you now hold there's up. more to the statement yes hold but on. hold up hold on hold on but just let me say this and then i'm gonna let you go there's more to this statement but the thing that bothered me is that they did not even address the concerns of these players Thank they went you. straight to oh you could be punished for this long but we're not gonna do that even if it means that we have to get youth players we're gonna we're gonna be merciful quote yeah. unquote yeah and just not call upon you since you don't want to play for this team and I'm like how about addressing their concerns and, like, yeah what the fuck? and the, and the, the fact that they went to like they just don't want to wear the the national shirt which is clearly Bitch, not the issue. Exactly. Do you really think that these women, like most of them have been playing for a long fucking time at the highest level ever. They don't want to wear the shirt. That's what they're doing this because they don't want to wear La Roja. Really? Bro, you got all this shit so fucked up. And and do you really think that this is this is the first time that they're raising these concerns? Do you really believe that this is not like their last fucking resort? This is the last thing that they could do. They didn't do anything before. Just because you haven't heard about it doesn't mean they haven't done it. Right. And the the one thing that I regret is that they have not been specific about what their issues are. Because as a player and as a coach, I've come to the conclusion just from what I've read about it, that it must be something serious for this many people to risk losing their spot on a national team. I don't know any athlete that would not want to represent their national team. That is like one of the highest honors for an athlete, you know? So whatever is going on, it must be serious. I don't think it's anything small or anything that should be dismissed. But since we don't know exactly what it is, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation and for for people to just assume that, oh, they're just complaining. Oh, they they just, you know, they're good, but they don't want to represent Spain for whatever reason they're looking for an out or whatever other bullshit. But I found this statement from the players and I can't translate all of it, but there were a couple of words that stood out to me that I can translate. So I'm just going to read those couple of sections. So um, this would honestly probably sound better if you said it, but I'm going <laughs> to give it a shot. Um, desde nuestra ambición como jugadores, luchadores y ganadores tan solo deseamos poder volver a conseguir los máximos éxitos profesionales y personales. Por último, pero no menos importante, no vamos a tolerar, tolerar el tono de infalitez en... That's an even harder... That's a hard word to say in English. Hold on. 
infantilization. <laughs> um, Called the LK La RFEF. <laughs> That's not how you say those letters. Concluye su comunicado. So the word that stood out to me in that paragraph was <clears throat> infant. I don't, how do you say that word in, in English? Infantilization, I think, is what it is. Oh, infantilization. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a really fucking hard word, though. Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I feel validated now. No. But yeah, so <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of saying that they're being uh, patronized, they're being belittled, you know? They're being, like, yeah, being, they're being treated like kids. Like, is that what like that whole children. paragraph said? Um, kind of. Uh, they just said that the, what we, pretty much just said like it's not about no wearing the shirt like they still want to be valuable they want to win and they want to go back to like fight for their wins and they that's what they want but they don't want to feel infantilizadas i guess infantilized right right okay so this word is hard in both spanish and english Correct. um yeah send us a video of you saying it and you'll get a 10 percent and yeah, they 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 don't agree with the last statement that the RF, the Real Federación de España Football, um, released. They don't agree with how they did it. Gotcha. And then the paragraph after after that says, um, lamentamos que en el contexto del deporte femenino tengamos que llegar a este extremo como por desgracia ha sucedido en otras selecciones y otros deportes históricamente y mm -hmm. nivel mundial mm -hmm. para conseguir avanzar en un proyecto profesional potente y ambicioso para el presente y para futuras generaciones. Mm -hmm. So once again, cannot translate at all, but it sounded like they're really concerned about future gen generations of women athletes. Yeah, that they're, they're saying that historically this is not the first time that's happened, and and it it's sad that it had to get to this point. What we were just saying, like this is not. I can assure you, just because you cannot find anything, or just because you don't, you haven't heard uh, any other article or whatever before this. I'm pretty sure, like, I can assure you that they've raised their concerns to the Federation before it had to get to this point. That's what they were saying. Like, we are sorry that it had to get to this point. But historically, and mostly in women's sports, this had to be done before just for them to be heard. And they want to make an example for future generations. That's what they were saying. Cool. How's my reading? Pretty good, actually. Yeah. I've been practicing. I can tell. That was, that was, that was, I'm, I'm impressed. That was pretty good. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe one day I can actually like try to speak Spanish and not feel super self-conscious. You know, like y'all bilingual people, I don't know how y'all do it. Cause it's just like, I'd yeah. I be feeling awkward as fuck just <laughs> saying the most basic shit. <laughs> I will be like, you. how are you? And I'm just like, <laughs> you bueno. <laughs> I don't swim this all the time too. Like, you need to start not giving a fuck because whatever you say, if they don't understand, they will let you know. But the way both of y'all know already Spanish, whatever you say, they're gonna understand. 
and then it, you just you lose that awkwardness mm. with time. But you need to just let it fucking out. You need to speak. Is that why Spanish and Latino people like are so good at maintaining that like not give a fuck attitude? Because it's like literally embedded in their communication. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> pretty blown like, people on a daily and consistent basis. They yeah. have to not give a fuck. I mean, and so it just comes naturally. <laughs> we're, we're pretty good at it. <laughs> um. All right. Let's run through some of these because I have stuff on the list that I'm gonna mention, but I don't really care enough to let it take time away from me talking about the Cowboys. So. Um, tell us how you really feel, <laughs> Justin, and I will continue to do so regarding Russell Wilson. Um, mainly bringing it up to follow up on the episode that we did about whether or not Russell Wilson is a square. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that um, reports were coming out about different ways that he was kind of separating himself from his team. Now, when we had that conversation about like is Russell Wilson a square, we talked about whether or not. <laughs> Being square, you know, just not fitting in could right. affect his leadership, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we we mentioned some reasons why it could matter, but also some some ways that a person's performance and their leadership could overcome that. However, there was um, a USA Today article that came out recently that talked about some other things that uh, what were happening with Russell Wilson that kind of caused him to be set apart in a way. And... In the article, these things were actually mentioned as like compliments to Russell Wilson, basically a testament to his status in Denver, which is like props to him that he's been able to, you know, get all these things and all these benefits. But when I actually first heard about these things happening, I was I was hearing it passively from sports personalities on television who are communicating with other players. And they kind of mentioned it as like, okay, these are some of the things that Russell Wilson is doing that's causing him to not really connect with the team. And so I was really surprised that considering that that was a perspective that was received by players, when I went to read about it, it was like these were were like accolades given to Russell Wilson. So here are a few of the things that that are mentioned. He ran his own early morning walkthroughs with Denver skill position players before meetings started during camp. He has an office in the team's facility. In the lead up to the draft this spring, only weeks after joining the organization, he sat in general manager George Patton's office, and the pair watched every wide receiver in the draft together. Wilson also has members of his personal team around, though not participating in practice regularly. Before camp started, Patton um, or Patton downplayed the significance of anywhere from three to five or six people in Wilson brand gear around the facility on a daily basis. Nowadays, it's not uncommon for players in this league to have certain parts of their team, and he's got a great team. It's very collaborative. They're very respectful of any boundaries we have. They really have become part of the Broncos family, and they're really great people. And so, <clears throat> like I said, USA Today mentioned those those things as though they're good things. And I, I should say they're not necessarily bad things. I don't want to make it sound like Russell Wilson is a bad person for wanting to do things with the general manager and for having his own office and for having members of the team or, uh, of his team around the facility. The problem only comes in with situations like that when there's like a lack of understanding. So Russell Wilson is a new quarterback to this team. And so you have this new guy come in. 
Um, and just automatically off the bat, he's got his own office. Like before winning a game, before doing anything major in practice, he's got his own office. He's in these meetings with the general manager, you know, and there's, there's also, you know, new people in the front office with the ownership switch, you know? And then on top of that, all of a sudden now, you know, we've been told previously, we can't have people from our own training staff at practice, but this guy has people from his training staff with his logo on their shirts, walking around at practice, like, why the fuck is this happening? And so those are the kinds of things that, if not communicated properly to a team, (laughs) can come off just really like, yo, what the fuck? We haven't even won anything. Who the fuck gave you all this leeway to just come in here and change everything about our team culture and the relationship we normally expect to have with our quarterback, you know? Because it would be kind of like, Like, consider our star players. Like, take Freight Train, for example. Mm -hmm. Freight Train is quiet. She's humble. You know, she shows up on the track and kills it, right? But it's like, she doesn't say a lot during practice. You know, she's a teammate, you know? Now, imagine if we had somebody come in who was new to the team, and maybe they're very good. Maybe they're almost as good as Freight Train. Maybe they are as good as Freight Train. But this person is holding their own special practices with certain players. Not the whole team, just certain players. Um... They have their own office, you know, <laughs> we ain't even got a general office, but they have their own office and they have members of their training team showing up with their logo on it to just watch practice and not give input to the whole team, but they're just standing there watching so that they can help this one player be a better player than everybody else. And this player has special meetings with us. Like the rest of the team doesn't have meetings with us, but this player has special meetings with us and helps us decide who to take on the team. Can you imagine Cool. How no, our fucking team would be like, who the fuck is this bitch? Yeah. <laughs> even if it was somebody they knew, even if somebody like Scald Eagle or Bonnie Thunders came yeah. to the team and they know who the fuck she is, yeah. but she's doing all this shit. And we haven't really talked to the team about the fact that this is going to happen or why it's happening, like what our strategy yeah. is. Can you imagine no, how I, they would react I, I to that want, player, regardless of their skill? I don't want to imagine that. I really, <laughs> I really don't want to because. <laughs> that would be the end of it. Yeah. So I say that to say whether or not Russell Wilson is a square, it's like you can have fun debates with that, but showing up and doing this shit, yeah, that's gonna create a like a a a, a valley between you and your your team. And so when you're trying to lead a new team, like shit like this without proper communication might not be the best way to go about it. I'm just saying. It isn't. I can just, the, the might word, is, <laughs> you can take that out of that sentence. It is not the best way to go about it. I, one thing that I've learned from paying attention to football the past couple of years is that chemistry is so important. Oh, yeah. I, and it makes sense. It's like, if you think about it, you've got 11 dudes who like, the ball snaps and they all run in different directions. So like y'all have to be like cohesive enough and on the same page enough to literally be able to non-verbally communicate with each other in ways that can outsmart your opponent Mm -hmm. and stuff like this kills chemistry. Oh, 100%. 100%. (laughs) I, I don't know. Like, and I've said this multiple times. I don't, I don't get along with everybody on the team. Once we get on the track, that shit's out the window. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much we don't get along or we don't see each other off practice or whatever. I'm going to have your six and I really fucking hope that you're going to have mine. Right. But but that doesn't mean like... I, I think you're right in that. But what I think about though is 
the amount of connection that I create with teammates that even if like if we have an issue, even if that issue doesn't transfer onto the track, there are certain things that I learn about teammates and certain things that we iron out just from like after a drill being like like talking about it or after a practice right. talking about it and maybe doing a few extra reps. And if I don't like you, I'm not talking to you after a drill. I'm not talking to you after practice. We're not going to have those extra moments of time right. to get on the same page and gel about some things because I don't fuck with you. Right. I don't even want to look at you after a drill. So mm-hmm. even the nonverbal <laughs> communication, I'm not even picking up on that the way most human beings normally do exactly. because I don't want to look at you. Exactly. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to learn your mannerisms. Exactly. And so then we get on the field and you make eye contact with me and I'm just like, what the, why is she what, making what, that what, face? What, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> you know? And so, like, not everything, 100% of the details can't be ironed out during drills. And right, during no. Some of it literally does come from, I, I have agree. a connection with this person. I agree. What I'm, what I'm, no, I agree 100%. What I'm saying is, like, if you're going to come after my teammate, I don't care who that teammate is. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, if I'm, if I'm blocking and I'm doing offense for a person that I really don't fucking like, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to try to pitch you out. Yeah, 100%. That doesn't mean we have chemistry. And that doesn't mean we get along. Right? <laughs> you know? We're just doing our job on the track. Yes. No. But you yeah, can, like you, you said, I'm not going to. Yeah. But the extra stuff that takes a good team and turns it into a championship team, oh, that shit, it's hard to develop whenever people like can't stand I, each other. I agree 100%. I agree. So, you know, we'll see how that's it why a lot of teams don't really win. Yeah. People like if you listen to football players talk, there are so many players in the NFL who consistently who consistently say winning in the NFL is hard. Winning in the NFL is hard. And I think that's why. It's because like you can know how to play your role, but like playing those roles together yeah. can be it can be difficult. Like look at the drop that CD had, and we're gonna discuss this more. But like look at the drop that CD had. If you look at that drop, his hands weren't even open to really catch the ball. And I saw a couple of people like, you know, they had some things to say in their analysis of like where his eyes were looking. But to me, what that said was there was either a miscommunication as far as timing or his mind was on something else, you know, but it's it's not, it wasn't a drop like he caught it and then dropped it or he caught it and got hit. It was like he, the ball hit his hands, but his hands weren't even in a position to catch the ball, you know? And so it's just, it's little things like that, that I feel like had they been on the same wavelength and the timing been slightly different, I wonder if that catch like would have happened. Or or even other targets where like CD was like completely ignored. We showed that one target where CD was uh, wide open. This was when Dak was behind center, Mm. where CD was wide open, but Dak still targeted Dennis Houston, even though there were three defenders closing in on Dennis Houston. It's just like shit like that. It's just like... What I don't know. I I I know you love City. I I I think he's a great wide receiver, but he dropped the fucking ball. He did not. I'm not he, saying he didn't drop the ball. Yes, I know, I know. But like the the hand position, like no, bitch. When you're playing at that level, your hands need to be in position on position of top. Oh, I get that. I'm just saying, like he went from running and put his hands up, but like didn't open them, and I just. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fine. That, that's what and I, we talk with Lynn about this all the time. All these bitches are fucking human too. All these people are human. And they are in the same, they have the same right as you have to make a mistake. 
Period. Um, I still love City. Don't get me wrong. I still do love it. You're pretty cute. Pretty, pretty cute. All right, all right. <laughs> we were entitled to our own opinions. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, Brett Favre. Uh, I don't want to talk about him for very long. This asshole stole millions of dollars from the welfare fund of Mississippi. And um, so I feel like most people know enough about this story to where I don't have to go in depth. But basically, like, he hasn't been charged with a crime. Um, he has been sued. And I guess they're still gathering information just to figure out the details. Um, and the main reason why I'm pointing that out is because a lot of people seem to be saying like, oh, he's getting away with something, yada, yada, yada. And the fact of the matter is, even if they know for sure that he is guilty of something and that he is guilty of wrongdoing, they still have to figure out who else is involved. How far did this go? For all we know, there might be more money out there that was misappropriated or missing. So yes, there's an investigation. Yes, it will take time. I know everybody wants to see instant justice. Like they want Brett Favre to be accused today. And then the court of public opinion wants him convicted today. Um, but the actual courts and the actual legal system, they do take time, y'all. I'm sorry. Um and the other thing that I wanted to say about this whole situation is like, this is another one of those situations where I just feel like the masses get together and attack the wrong people. I saw a lot of people coming for Ryan Clark on Twitter and talking about how he should have said something or, or like certain shows on ESPN should be saying more about this situation. And the issue I had was with the fact that, like, why aren't y'all attacking the show's producers that way? Because the producers are the people who ultimately decide what's going to be covered on the show. And I feel like people started attacking Ryan Clark, one, because he generally, you know, is like very for the people and for the culture. And so they felt like it was appropriate to charge him with the responsibility of bringing this up as though he should sacrifice his job and his standing to like bring up stuff that's not even on the, like on, on a topic to be brought up. Um, and also he's more easily accessible. He's more likely to respond um, than most of the people in, involved at ESPN. But at the end of the day, if what you really want is for this topic to be covered more, it's the producers that you need to talk to. It's those people you need to be tweeting and that's who you need to be accusing of trying to bury the story. Now, do I think they were trying to bury the story? I don't think so. Um, I think Brett Favre is retired, and so they don't really have a reason to talk about him the way that they talked about people like Michael Vick and Jameis Winston, who, when they were in the midst of their things, they were actually active players, right? <clears throat> now, does that make it acceptable? No. But I think that's where you have to like look at the difference between who ESPN claims to be, which they claim to be the worldwide leader in sports, but who they actually are is like they capitalize on what sports fans say is popular. And so the reason why this story didn't get covered was basically because not enough people give a fuck about Brett Favre as a person right now for them to feel like it's important. Right. So does that mean that they don't give a fuck about the Mississippi welfare funds? Yes, it does. They they don't care. <laughs> so, they have their own funds, y'all. They don't care about those funds. They They don't care. But you need just like... If we want to see that change, we just need to bring those accusations to the right people, you know. Um, and you can look up any show on ESPN and see who the producers are and see how to contact them and call them out. 
So yeah, if we want to see more coverage on this, I highly suggest we tag those people or tag the show's social medias directly. But I think out of all people, considering that every, especially considering the fact that when I first heard about this issue, I actually did hear about it on one of the morning shows on ESPN. It's just that weren't any developments since then. They were like, Brett Favre is being sued for this. And then they kind of, you know, they talked about it and they didn't cover it like every day, right? right? So if you want to cover it every day, tag the shows, tag the producers, come for the right people. Because like, as long as you're coming for Ryan Clark and he's going back and forth with you on Twitter, the producers are just going to be like, dang, that sucks for Ryan. (laughs) And they're just going to watch you attack this man and drag this man and they're not going to do shit about it. Mm -hmm. So you need to get in their mentions, you know, make them care, give them a reason to give a fuck, you know, whether it's first take, get up, Keyshawn with Jay Willamette, whatever show you think should be talking about this more. um, Yeah, you need to go for those people. Yeah. Now, that being said, like I said, there's not much else to report um, besides what's already been said, which is that um, there are text messages supporting the fact that Brett Favre colluded with various people in political positions to have this money uh, funneled away from temporary assistance for needy families, also known as welfare in most states, um, and into his fund, which was used mainly for a volleyball stadium. Um, and so, yeah, that's bullshit. But like, honestly, if you are just realizing that Brett Favre is a piece of shit, you're late to the party. Yeah. When everything first went down with Derek Chauvin and George Floyd, like before details even came out, this man was tweeting like, oh, I I don't find it. Um, or I think it's hard to believe that Derek Chauvin actually committed this murder. (laughs) You're a fucking football player. You don't fucking know. We didn't have the details. Like, why would you even say some shit like that on, like on such a sensitive subject, you know? I'll tell you um, fucking video. Like, I don't know. I don't know what other proof you need. I think at that time, the whole video hadn't come out. Like, you said that oh. very early. Hold on. Let me see if I can find the actual. Well, I mean, people started. The actual quote. The people started saying this shit because the video was out. Like, all this shit went fucking wild because the video was out. Oh, you're right. Was this out. was after. Yeah. So, this it was. To be. This was April 22nd of 2021. Brett Favre said, It's hard to believe that Derek Chauvin meant to kill George Floyd. Really? Yeah. And it's just like, you don't even have a reason to even make that statement. Nobody fucking asked you. So, like, I wasn't a fan of his before then. Like, I never really, like, okay, he's accomplished a lot. Cool ass numbers in the league. All right, cool, dude. But, like, if you know me, you know, it takes more than that for me to really be a fan of a person. And so I've never really been a Brett Favre fan. I'm, I'm just like, yeah. Um, So yeah, he's a piece of shit. Sorry if he was a hero to you, but he's a piece of shit, and he always has been, and and now more and more of it is coming to light. So my condolences to Brett Favre fans. I'm sorry that your fanhood has died. Ime Udoka. The cheating scandal involving Ime Udoka. Okay, so this was another one where I was just like, the people in their Twitter fingers are being very irresponsible. So long story short, Emma Udoka um, is being uh, suspended for at least a year because of a relationship with a fellow Celtics staffer. Now, when I first heard this headline, the two issues that I had were, one, it was said to be a consensual relationship. So why is this shit even going as public as it is? Two, how do you suspend a person for a year for having a consensual relationship when we have 
a dude being suspended essentially for a season for harassing like 20 plus massage therapists and another dude actually in the NBA being suspended for a year from his ownership responsibilities for misogynistic and racist behavior, abusive behavior towards people in the workplace that went on for years. And this dude gets the same amount of time for a consensual relationship. It all seemed very weird to me. All right. Now, (coughs) since then, it sounds like there may have been some unwanted comments and a lot of details that we don't know. And so here's my issue at this point. Um, When it first came out that it was happening, a lot of people put their investigator hats on and started looking at the Celtics org chart and finding every picture that they that they could of anybody to determine who the woman was. Now, don't get me wrong. Initially, I felt like it made sense to put the woman's name out there, too, because I'm like, if it's a consensual relationship and this dude is being suspended for a year, you know, hurting his reputation and his career as a coach, then why is the woman in this relationship not being named at all and nothing's happening to her if it was just that they broke a rule about relationships in the Celtics organization? After that, it came out that like, oh, no, this actually had more to do with the hierarchy of power. And I'm just like, okay, so a statement like that suggests it wasn't consensual and that he was using his power in order to have a sexual relationship. But even that has not been confirmed. But what happened in the meantime of people trying to figure this out was everybody seemed to kind of decide on their own that it was this one particular woman and blasted this woman's name all over Twitter. And then she ended up having to explain to her husband that they were wrong. I'm like, people are so fucking irresponsible. These are real people with real lives and real families. And everybody's like, well, the initial report said, no, the initial reports did not name anybody. There Ah. still is not a report that has named anybody. Yet all these names are floating around. And I'm just like, y'all, these are real fucking people with real lives, real careers, real reputations, real spouses, and real families. I know we want to be entertained. I know we want to gossip. I know we want to be the first person among our friends to know what's going down. But y'all are affecting like real fucking people. Like chill the fuck out. It's not that serious for us to know who the fuck it is. You know? So the most recent headlines that I saw named actually a different staffer, but I still have yet to see something from a reputable source that actually confirms that this new person is. And the headlines I saw were from websites that are clearly gossip websites. So I don't know if it's like reputable information or if they're just putting it out there to get clicks, which is something else that y'all have to consider. Sometimes y'all need to look at these websites and be like, is this a reputable news source? Have I ever read a single other news story from this source? Have I ever even heard of this website before I Googled this particular situation, right? And if you did, is it possible that this website might be putting this headline out there so that they can get you to click on it and for these ads to run while you're reading this article so you can go back on Twitter and gossip and they collect all this money and they don't care whose life is ruined Correct. in the process. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my issue initially. Now, since then, Matt Barnes has put out a video that I'm going to try to share with you guys um, because it was a video that kind of convinced me to take a step back and really consider what I was... Um, seeing and hearing um so i'm gonna play this for you guys so y'all can y'all can see what i saw and it was the kind of thing that that said to me like okay i'm not gonna say anything else until we start to get some actual information because this shit sounds like it could be kind of major 
Getting your chips for <laughs> Yes, because yes, I'm getting hungry. Sorry. Danny Brooklyn. This is a screen recording from Matt Barnes. Come out and say it. And since I'm a part of the media now, and I try not to be like everyone else, uh, I try to, you know, report and talk with facts and, and, and honesty. And I clearly have to say last night, uh, without knowing all the facts, I spoke on Ime Udoka's defense. And after finding out the facts after I spoke, I erased what I posted because this situation in Boston is deep, it's messy, it's a hundred times uglier than any of us thought. And that's why I erased what I said. Uh, some things happened that I can't condone, I can't back. And it's not my place to tell you what happened. If it ends up coming out, it ends up coming out. But that was the reason why I erased my post last night because after I posted it, I got a call from someone who had all the details and the shit is deep. So, man, praying for everybody involved. Um, you know, hope everyone gets through this. And I saw a lot of blogs picked up what I said, even though it was only on my page for like two minutes. So hopefully they picked this up too um, for me being wrong and, and jumping out there without the facts. So that's where I'm going to leave it. God bless. And I hope everyone. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, initially, I was kind of on that bandwagon of, oh, let me stop sharing this. Oh, wait, did I? Oh, yeah, I hit stop sharing. Yeah, initially, I was kind of on that bandwagon of, like, well, if it's if it's a consensual relationship, like, who cares? Leave them alone. But then after I saw that, I was just like, okay, so clearly there's more going on. There's a lot more. And Mr. Ime Udoka might not be as, I won't say innocent, because, like, we still don't know if he cheated on me along, if they had an arrangement. But like he might be as he might not be as free of fault as a lot of people initially thought, you know, because That's it's fair. like even though I don't condone cheating, and I know even uh -uh. if there's an established open relationship, there are a lot of people who have issues with that. But I'm just like if it was consensual, it was consensual, and anything else is between him and his woman. But it sounds like there's a lot more there, and it sounds like it's a lot deeper. It sounds like all the details are not out. So before anybody else is. Anybody else gets hurt or their lives are affected, I'm just urging everybody to just like drop it. Yeah. Can we Until can we, we get, like try to get more details? Yes, let's, let's get the information and then we can, you know, exactly. talk about it. All right. So that brings us to Team USA basketball. USA women's mm -hmm. basketball team is participating in the FIBA World Cup in Australia, taking place September 22nd to October 1st. Team USA is a three-time defending champion of the FIBA World Cup, and they're currently the only undefeated team in this competition. Nice. Um, they actually have not lost a World Cup game since the 2006 semifinals against Russia. And recently, nice. <laughs> Team USA actually broke a women's basketball record for most points scored during a game with 145 points over South Korea. The previous record was 143 points scored by Brazil in 1990. Now, yeah. members of the WNBA championship uh, was <laughs> members of the WNBA championship team, Las Vegas Aces, have been among the top contributors in every game, which leads me to give a very special shout out to Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum for completely destroying every coach's argument about not drinking and partying before a competition. <laughs> so when when I first heard they were flying to Australia, um, just literally a few days after mm -hmm. their celebration of their victory, I was just like, dang, I wonder how long it's going to take them to actually like contribute to the team. 
Asia Zero. Wilson, first first day there, she didn't start, but she came off the bench and put up 20. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's impressive. After that long of a flight and Asia Wilson being visibly <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I'm not talking about buzz. No. I don't mean tipsy. No. I don't mean she slurred a couple of words. No, she I was, mean, she was wasted, gone. Yes. <laughs> Hammered. <laughs> Should we play the video? Blastered. I mean, it depends how much you want to talk about the next topic. I think my favorite phrase from that video was, damn, you talking fast. Go ahead. I can't understand what you say. You're talking too fast. Anyway, (laughs) if we have time at the end, I'll just play the video at the end for y'all to enjoy. But um, if you go on our Instagram, I posted the video because I definitely said, if Violet Crown ever wins a championship, (laughs) like we get gold, Oh, that is 100% going to be. Well, I did say me, but it'd probably be us. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I probably saved that kind of behavior for later in the evening. If we actually did a press conference, she would 100% be Asia Wilson. And I would be uh, Chelsea Gray at the podium with her talking through my tea like, I said don't drink right now. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> so anyway, um, shout out to them. The women's national basketball team definitely does not get as much coverage and recognition as they deserve. So I wanted to make sure and give that shout out because they are fucking killing it. Like a verified dynasty right there. And um, real, I just though. wish more people were talking about what they're doing because it's it's actually happening right now. Um, and they have another game tonight. I think it's uh, the first game of either the quarterfinals or the semifinals, but they actually do have a game tonight. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they win a championship, it'll actually get some sort of coverage. Um, and the, then the USC dance line, I'm going to just cover that real quick um, and speak my piece on it. And maybe we'll go over it some more because it seems like there are still headlines coming out. But long story short, um, there's a tradition among HBCUs of having um, oh, yeah. a type of dance line called majorettes. And at every school, almost, they have a different name. Um and what's happened recently is that at USC, which is a um, predominantly white school, one particular uh, student decided to, I'm pulling up the information, one particular student decided to start a, a major at dance line at USC. And it was controversial because USC is a predominantly white school, and this is a Black tradition. Now, I will say this. I did not have a problem with the dance line itself. The person who started it is a student named Princess Lang. Um, and What's her name? Princess Lang. Um, and there's an article in The Undefeated right now where she talks about why she wanted to bring this style of dance to USC. Um, and one of the things that she said is, she said, I've been talking about it since I started going to USC. My freshman year in 2020, we were all online and at home because of COVID-19. When we finally got on campus my sophomore year, that's when it all got physically done. And we became an official student organization in March of 22. She said, I went to high school at Chicago Academy for the Arts. They did not have majorettes, but I joined a dance studio called the Diamond Dance Company in Chicago. I got training in majorette, but also in jazz and modern techniques such as the Horton Technique. It brought me so much joy and fulfillment. My majorette teacher in high school was Jasper Reed. He still owns a dance studio. He also has a high school team for Proviso West High School. With him, you got to learn so much more or you got to learn in a different way. The the thing that was significant to me was that this was a style of dance that she loved since she was younger. Um, and it was something that she wanted to bring with her, even though she was going to a predominantly white school. And I mean, it's like, she is black. 
from all the videos that I've seen, everybody on the dance line is Black. And so I was like, look, this is a person trying to connect with a certain aspect of her culture, um, even though she's in a setting that hasn't really made that already ready, readily available. She made this channel on her own. So I was like, cool. I didn't really have a problem with that in and of itself. The main issue that I have right now is the fact that she's getting so much publicity for this. Now, let me make this clear. I don't have a problem with her getting publicity. I'm not a, I'm not like that type of hater, right? The issue that I have is with shows like the Jennifer Hudson talk show, bringing her and the dance line on the show to perform when there are black schools. I was going to say they've been doing it for so fucking long. Thank you. They've been doing (laughs) it for so long and not received this sort of attention. The people who are like, and and you know me. Normally, I would put the the onus on people who are talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. well, if you don't want her to get all this shine, stop talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like people felt impacted by it. People wanted to talk about whether or not this part of our culture should be kept to black institutions. And I get it. It's not about this one dance line and this one institution. It's about the fact that once it starts happening, it gets spread. And then it's so it becomes so easy for history to be rewritten and for people to not even acknowledge the black dance lines that have already been doing this. And so then whenever you see all these companies wanting to put money behind it and wanting to invest in this and actually make it a thing, it ends up going to the white institutions and not the black ones. Prime example, this is something not a lot of people know. When I was at Vanderbilt University, um, Tennessee State is right down the road. Now, I also went to a predominantly white institution, but there were aspects of HBCU marching bands that I thought were really cool. And honestly, I hated the music that we played. So there were two things that happened. Um, one, when I was on the drum line, I taught our cymbal players how to how to twirl cymbals. I don't know if you know what that is. No. I can show you a video later. Okay. But I taught them how to do that. They didn't become nearly as good as like the HBCU uh, drum line cymbal players. So like not a big deal. But another thing that I did was I started making arrangements of popular songs for the band to play. Um And so I wrote these out, the band learned them, and they would play them. And they were like one of the first predominantly white bands, Vanderbilt was, to actually start doing this. Now, while I was at, yeah, while I was at Vanderbilt, um, I heard rumors that some other bands were asking for our arrangements because although Vanderbilt's football team is trash, um, we were (laughs) in the SEC. And so a lot of those bands, they were like on national television. They wanted to play better music. So it was like the students would hear the music and they go to the band director and be like, how do we get that arrangement? Mm -hmm. Because normally bands like that, they buy their arrangements from the company. So those directors were reaching out to my band director, like, how can we get them? Now, the reason I didn't sell them at the time was because I was trying to go buy the book and with licensing and copyright issues, I wasn't really sure how to go about it. Mm -hmm. But one way or another... Other schools started picking up my arrangements. And that led me to feel a couple ways about it. One, to this day, some of these schools are still playing those arrangements. And I'm like, wow, these songs are so fucking old. I was gonna- Learn some new songs. Two, y'all play them terribly. <laughs> like one of the issues that I had, and I was drum major, but it was like they always tried to play the songs too fast. Because, you know, there are some rap songs that they just, like, have more, like, a groove. It's not uh-huh. supposed to be fast. You're just supposed to, like, be able to nod your head to it. It's yeah. supposed to be created like a vibe. And they wanted to play everything so goddamn fast. And to this day, I hear these songs when I'm watching these games on national television. And I'm like, y'all are You're ruining. <laughs> but yes, y'all are ruining my arrangement. Look, ugh, I hate it so much. So not only was, was this 
this these songs spread without my knowledge and without my consent. But like they fucking wow. butchered them. So wow. I completely understand black people being like, no, do not let the white schools have majorettes, please. We do not. I'm, they might be cool with Princess Lang and the other black dancers doing this. But when the Beckys and the Susies start auditioning and you get to the schools who want to emulate this, but maybe they don't have a Princess Lang who's been trained in this to guide them in the right direction. Oh, we might see some really cringeworthy shit. <laughs> no, it's kind of like white people saying that this food is seasoned and they use salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah. The cuisine is another example. We see that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Especially now in Austin. I feel like when I first moved to Austin, you couldn't go wrong with the taco truck. And I feel like the Ooh, bigger the city yeah. has gotten and the more people have been coming in, it's too the more I'm running into just really bad food. I'm just uh -huh. like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, it used to be, you could walk into any spot in Austin and the yeah. food was on point. And now it's just like, nope, not anymore. Nah. Not anymore. And it's like $3 more expensive for one taco. I know. And I'm just, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, to make the comparison, like, that's... It's like, it's, white it's, people, y'all are good at commoditizing anything. I, I really do believe that <laughs> commoditization and, and capitalism are aspects of, of white culture. It's like how they be like, you know, black people have rhythm, you know, Latino people have a spicy, fiery attitude. White people <laughs> will figure out how to make money off of anything. That's y'all's thing. <laughs> However, I just need y'all to not suck all the, yeah. <laughs> the flavor out of everything. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, like, uh, well, I don't know if this is, that, that's not the right expression, but anyways, my opinion, not to be fair, but my opinion, not all, like, a lot of European countries are not as capitalist as this country. Is This country's mentality is, like, go get that fucking money or you are trash. Yeah. That's not, that's not everywhere. <sighs> that's an American culture. That's that's so it's white American specifically. Yes. Okay. Flynn can vouch for that, at least in Spain. <laughs> yeah. So my final word on that is that for the people who are considering covering this dance line, having them on the show, I understand that you want the ratings, but if there's any way that you can do that and still give shine to some of the the black dance lines that have been around literally for going on a century. I was gonna say. Like, you need to find some way to incorporate them in your story and not cut them out of the telling of this story. I was story. just going to say, like, you could have, like, you found this story, right? This cool story, you know, whatever you think it's cool, you want to put it on your show, fine. How about you do some research on how this shit started, where it started, what school was the first to do it? Reach out to the school. Do they have metrics? Maybe you can bring those. You can even have them of, both on. Or both. Like, yeah. Just don't anyway because it's not you know like you don't I, you know. know the whole I'm reason saying. the story became popular was because of the controversy. So it's not like you can find this story and somehow not know that there's that there's controversy re regarding the history of this particular style of dance. Come on. So if you if you knew enough to bring them on the show, you knew enough to know that it was controversial, and you knew enough to know that you could research this and go about telling this story a different way. And I'm especially disappointed with Jay Hudson being a black woman in America and mm -hmm. still executing the story in this way. Bitch, do better. <laughs> and and I don't mean bitch in a mean way. I'm just saying bitch, do better. Um, <laughs> you know what you meant. <laughs> All right. So lastly, moving on to 
talk about our Cowboys, which will probably be a whole separate episode again. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm so proud of this team. I, I think I need to do what I did last week as far as um, just going ahead and putting that disclaimer out now because uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to split this. So <laughs> we're about to get into talking about the Cowboys. So if you are watching this episode, go ahead and let it play out. I'm going to add that video of Asia Wilson at the end just so you can enjoy that you know, for your personal viewing pleasure and humor. Um, and then just go back to our list of episodes. Look for Bitches Love the Dallas Cowboys 2022 Week 3 Edition. And you can hear everything that we have to say about Jerry Jones and C.D. Lamb CD Lynn, um, and Ezekiel Elliott and Cooper Rush. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. All right. Now that's done. That's good. That was good. <laughs> cool. Well, on that note, um, I'm bitch two. I'm bitch one. And we out. Bye. Questions one, what are the shots of two? What um kind of man how did that bullet I'm so We get it back in blood. Just kidding. Um the shots will definitely be of tequila. Um and what was your second question? I couldn't hear with that. I understand. How did that bullet <laughs> too much champagne? <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm gonna sorry, be a I'm like tomorrow. six bottles deep, but but it's so. I'm trying to be so serious, but it's something that no one can ever take away from you. So four more in the room, and then we'll turn to Zoom. <laughs> Last row center. Hey, Adrian, I saw that uh, John Quell kind of walked across the court and came to hug you. Uh, character build for next year it was setting something up um williams in the corner versus somebody in the paint um so we were able to damn you're talking fast but go ahead <laughs> um so our spacing just had to be different but i had to be aggressive on the ball first like i was a little passive in game three trying to see and scope scope it out going into the pick and roll so i knew i had to be aggressive thank you we're going to start with doug from australia dang this bowl of ice cream is like the size of this room. And you can't see the size of this room, but it's pretty legit. <laughs> How are you doing, Asia? Uh, we're on Zoom. You can't see me. Oh. Um, I'm part of that. Like, the city is already turned up for y'all. Um, <laughs> on the way. Let's talk, let's talk about how you ladies literally... Asia, I believe your first game for the Aces five years ago was in this building. Damn. When you, When you think about... When you think back to the player and the person that you were back then. Add WBA champion to that resume, period. Uh, period, ooh. Right. Period, uh, period, uh. Patience, we're waiting for y'all to come back so we can turn up at Dre's tonight. E-40 Asia. in the building. Don't get Bay the plans away. Don't get the plans Asia. away. Hi, girls. Congratulations. This is Maria Vidal for Top Deportes, Latin America. Um, can you please walk?